Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, Tuesday, May seventeenth, and uh, it's a pretty pretty quiet Tuesday. I mean, we got we got some baseball today, right? We got some got there's some early slates, there's some turbo slates, there's two double headers. Uh, DK has a ten game slate tonight with the second games of the double headers, and FanDuel has an eight game slate that doesn't have the double headers on it. But uh, we got we got stuff going on. Yesterday was a was a big uh, eleven game. Well, it turned out to be a ten game slate because of uh, a, the the Mets game was postponed. Even though I don't even know if it had to been right. If you were checking up on Roth, you would have you would have known that. But I mean that that was postponed way earlier in the day. But uh, we'll talk about some stuff. I'll answer your questions, right? This is always guided by you in the YouTube chat. So you feel free to you feel free to type away as much as you want, especially especially Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, right? Stuff going on, right? Mondays we talk to James, right? Fridays I do a lot of MMA stuff, right? But in the middle, it's whatever goes, right? We'll review some stuff from yesterday. We'll look at stuff from today. I'll answer your questions. Good morning, Suki Singh, Doug Montgomery, real life pitcher. Peter Ortenberg, dark day in Ontario. Yes, I think t- today's the first day you cannot play on DraftKings um, DFS-wise in uh, in the, the province of Ontario in Canada because of whatever deal they made, whatever, with sports betting and stuff and some type of regulation. So uh, I guess you got to move. Guess you got to move if you're in Ontario and you want to play. Uh, FanDuel already did that already, right? So you can't play DFS anymore in uh, in Ontario, Canada. That'll... It'll knock out all the Toronto people, right? I guess, right? That kind of sucks. But uh, good morning. Good morning. Matt Mears, Zach Hobbs, Alex Santi, Brian Taylor. Yes, man. Damn, Casale ruined my night. I mean, if you had him, it didn't, right? I had him in three lineups on FanDuel, right? I played 100 lineups. I wasn't doing that bad. In fact, I, I, I it was looking to be a pretty good pretty good day for me, pretty good night for me until the, the Yankees had two home runs in the ninth inning, right? Because I didn't, I didn't have that much of the Yankees over on FanDuel. So when the Donaldson and Rizzo both hit back-to-back home runs, my 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 winnings went from did to the uh, whatever. So I, I had a bunch of, I had a Cubs, Rangers lineup that was looking good in the top 10. I had stuff going on. I had a bunch of Peralta, Severino. The chalk pitchers kind of did well. Uh, on DraftKings, if you played Wade Miley at 4,400, you, you got a good amount of points out of him. Even Johnny Cueto, right? No one, pretty much no one played Johnny Cueto, but he did well. Right, we see here, Kikuchi, not bad, right? 27 points, right? Uh, Wade Miley, 31 for 4,400. Uh, Gonsolin was overpriced, but, I mean, he got 24 points. Uh, even John Gray didn't do that bad. He got hit around, but, I mean, he got a bunch of strikeouts. But Johnny Cueto, 25 points. He was 1.5% owned last night. Surprise, Syndergaard was disowned on DraftKings. I didn't play on, on DraftKings yesterday. I think he was, like, 7% owned on FanDuel. Because, obviously, a one-pitcher site, you know, a lot of people playing Severino, a lot of people playing Peralta, right? You don't have to play a second pitcher. Like Wade Miley was, wasn't very owned on FanDuel because she really didn't have to go down that low at pitcher. Uh, but uh, but Bradish was owned, yeah, 5,800, I guess. You can take a shot on him uh, as an SP2 on DraftKings. Uh, Alex Santi said, uh, Wilson Contreras made my night some ROI. Yeah, I mean, Wilson, he was in my, uh, my, my, Cubs, my Cubs lineups. I had a bunch of everyone. Right. So like uh, at a hundred lineups, I'd hold a lot of combinations. One, this stack with that stack. I was much lighter on the cores game. Basically I was light on cores and I was light on the Dodgers. We're pretty much, you know, the, the, the highest owned, uh, the 
teams on the slate. FanDuel's a slightly differently. I mean, because like on, on DraftKings, that even today, DraftKings pricing these 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 uh, these giants too cheap, right? Brandon Belt forty five hundred, uh, Crawford forty three, Longarius thirty seven, Lamont Wade, Jock Peterson, Yastrzemski. You you, the only thing with the Giants you have to always be worried about is their lefties get pinch hit all the time, right? So we take a look at the at even today's slate on DraftKings. Where's this course game? Right, eleven total. Right, they just didn't care. They just oh, wait, wait, I'm not gonna worry. Doesn't matter, right? Right, is this DraftKings? I just want to make sure. I mean, because sometimes you look at these pricing and you go, uh, what's going on, right? Wade is 3,100. Peterson's 39. Yastrzemski's 33. Brandon Belt's 45. Longoria's 38. Crawford's 4,000. Estrada, 3,100. Lestella's 2,100. Joey Bart, 3,400. So uh, with a six-run total, uh, we're going to see uh, DraftKings is going to be uh, Giants chalk again against uh, Chad Cool. But, uh, but yesterday... Uh, I mean, on FanDuel, like they were priced appropriately. Brandon Belt was like thirty seven hundred. Like they're all in like the three thousands. So uh, they 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 were still owned, but uh, much less owned than they were on DraftKings, where they were the, the Uber chalk. Trey Turner at a weak shortstop position, right? You could see here Devers at third base is a one off. That you know Trout obviously, right? Mookie Betts, yeah. The the, the what you would have expected yesterday. Yeah, yes, man says Yankees meaningless home runs late. Hate to see it. Yeah, I mean that 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 killed me. I mean, I did have I did have some Yankees, but not much, right? So uh, so when when I have uh, you know, Eli White and Adolis Garcia, Corey Seager alongside like Hap and Contreras and stuff like that, and Peralta pitcher, like I had a lineup in the top ten for a while, and then ninth inning of the Yankee game just knocked that right out. Knocked that right out. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Taylor said, I reserved last night to use my crowns. I will definitely enjoy my last day of DFS for a while. Is, is today the last day or was yesterday for, for Ontario, right? You got to move. You got to move. I mean, obviously, if you're not doing this for a living or anything like that, you ain't moving, right? But I know, I know some people. I know some people that are in Ontario that are, that are literally moving. They're moving. They're going. They're, they're still living in Canada, but going somewhere else. Vancouver, something like that, right? Montreal. There are other places to go. Cal- you want to go to Calgary and El- Edmonton if you if you don't mind the cold, right? I guess you could live up there, but whatever, right? It'll, we'll lose some people from the ecosystem, right? It's not it's not a good thing, right? It's like oh yeah, there are, there are a bunch of bunch of you know one fifty maxers, bunch of sharp players that play in Ontario. We're gonna lose them. It's like no, they're gonna find a way to play. What we're gonna do is we're gonna lose the the, the casual people that would have played in the you know the Toronto area that aren't going to be able to play anymore, right? 10 a.m. East was the cutoff on DK today. Okay, so could you have entered contests before 10 a.m.? Maybe, maybe, right? You can play another site. How about Super Draft? Can you play Yahoo? Can you do Yahoo? I have no idea. You could, you could play, you could do prize picks, I guess. I don't, I don't know. You could do other stuff, I guess. Do prop betting, right? I mean, do sports bets, right? You can beat the books, right? Brian Taylor says cold is no different anywhere in Canada. Well, there's a little bit different, right? Vancouver, Vancouver is a little bit much different than Calgary, right? Montreal still gets cold, right? I'm just, I'm just thinking, right? If you're in Saskatchewan or some Winnipeg, like that's cold, right? Vancouver is a little bit less. Vancouver's closer to, to Seattle, I guess. Alex Santi said, how did the elites construct lineups with Belt and a chalky pitcher or two last night? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I was on FanDuel, so I don't know. I could take a look here. 
Uh, we can take a look at Brandon Belt. E. Hafner at zero Brandon Belt. But a bunch of people. I mean, look, I mean, Royal Payne had plenty, plenty of Belt, right? Like plenty of chalk. I mean, look at Royal Payne, like Severino Peralta Belt, right? Longoria, Tonda Longoria, Yastrzemski. Yeah, he, he played a lot of the chalk, right? He played a lot of the chalk. Didn't play Syndergaard, though, right? That helped him out. So Royal Payne played a bit chalky, right? Brick 75. Still had a bunch of Brandon Belt. I mean, was this primarily as like a one-off? Because still Longoria 26, right? But not much of Wade Peterson or Yastrzemski, these lefties that, you know, get pinch hit all the time. Like, where's Casali? Can we, can we, let's filter by team. Because Casali was like a late minute, right? Not last minute, whatever, but we expected Joey Barden lineup. And then when the Giants lineup came out a couple of minutes before lock, it was Casali in there. But yeah, but not many people had Casali. Zero Casali here. But I mean, E. Hafner had, look, had barely any Giant. But for the people, like even we, Royal Payne, 33, okay, 33% Casali will do it. Yeah, probably had a good night. Oh, bro, 30%. Casali. Getting in that cheap catcher, right? Add that cheap catcher to your stacks. Why not? Right? Listella wasn't all that popular. I guess Whistle's Whistle had a bunch of Listella laid in the lineup. Same for Estrada, right? Because they changed their lineup around a bunch. Seems like people, I mean, but belt, I mean, in the bat projections, the belt was the highest raw points projection on the site. Of course, he'd gotten zero points. Projections are not predictions. They're just, uh, you know, ranges of outcomes. Uh, Alex Santi said, I didn't play Belt, found it easier to get leverage without it. Probably on, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, it's a different story. I, I I still played plenty of Belt, but mostly as a one-off. Uh, he was, he was I think, on, on FanDuel, like 24% on, which is, I mean, it's a 10-game it's a slate. So that's pretty high, but not, but not as high. I mean, he was 26% on DraftKings, so not... Not ridiculous, but uh, but I just did. I just didn't have that many giants. I didn't. I didn't play much of Fords. I was pl- I was playing on Fanduel. I played Astros. That didn't work out very well. Astros, Rangers, Cubs, White Sox. Uh, I don't know who else. I mean, I played everyone. So I mean, I had a little bit of everything. But those were my my main my main exposures. Royals. I had a bunch of Royals. That didn't work out that well, right? But I I had some good combinations going in. You know, an hour, an hour or two left in the slate until the, the Yankees, until the Yankees screw because the Yankees were like 10%. Like all the Yankees were about 10, 11, 12% on FanDuel. So they were, they were a little cheap, especially with judging on the lineup, made that stack a little bit easier to get to. And the pitching and the pitching was, was, was easier. I mean, there, there weren't any 10K pitchers, right? Peralta and Severino. Severino was 8,100, I think, on FanDuel, and Peralta was what, 97 or something. So it was affordable. Right, affordable. Uh, Money making. Mike says I live in America, but played a bunch of hockey tournaments in Canada. Loved it there. Okay, I've been to Canada a couple of times. Right, not for long. Uh, going through the YouTube chat. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it was hard to play. The thing about the Giants is that you know these lefties, Wade Peterson, Yastrzemski, Lastella, like. They pinch hit for these lefties all the time. So like Chad Cool, like tonight, like Chad Cool has, has, you know, big, big splits, right? Cool's horrible against lefties. I think, I think, I've heard, right? I think so. I may be wrong. 
So attacking them with lefties is great. It's just that if the you know Flores is going to come in and Slater's going to come in, you know they 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 all of a sudden uh, the Rockies put in a left-handed hitter, and then next thing you know all these guys are out of the game. It happens way way too often. So, but that, that's factored into projections, right? If you if you look on uh, Cardi Cardi's uh, projection, a lot of times that's what I will look at. Sometimes when it comes to like who. If I'm going to stack a team, who am I going to have more of or less of? Like it's 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 factored into the projections, but there is this pH percentage here you see on the screen. The PA like Charlie Culberson, like 63% P, pinch hit risk. Eli White, like Lamont Wade, 48% pinch hit risk. Right. Jock Peterson, 44%. Yastrzemski, 40%. Right. You, you may not, you may not get even like, like Austin Slater. I mean, they'll go back and forth. Like if Austin Slater's in the lineup, and then you know, the later in the game, they they put Peterson in or something like that. So have to be careful. I don't mind them in stacks, but as one-offs, maybe not. Uh issue was Senzatella got hurt. You're right. You're right. Senzatella got he only pitched what two innings? And then the bullpen came in. And he actually did. He had three strikeouts in two innings, right? And typically he doesn't strike many people out. So the lefty came in early. Yeah, he points it out. But they're gonna come in at some point, sixth, seventh inning. You may you may miss it at bat. Uh, kickstart, what was Bart's price? Who did people pivot to? They pivot to Casali. I mean, Casali was cheaper, right? Wasn't Casali cheaper than Bart? Bart was like 3,400, I mean, or something, something like that. Casali was dirt cheap, 2,300. I mean, I did that on FanDuel. FanDuel, the pricing was a little bit, a little bit closer. I think Bart was 2,900 and Casali was 27. But I knew I had a couple of lineups. I mean, typically when, when stuff like that happens after lock, I just do global replace. So it's like Joey Bart. Let me look. Oh, three liner for Joey Bart. Or replace Casales, 200 cheaper. There you go. Right. Salary doesn't matter as much in baseball. That like, oh, I'm leaving more money on the table. Oh, but I'm I'm playing, I'm playing stacks in my lineups anyway. So I care more about keeping the stack intact than I care about like, oh, well, I have an extra, I have an extra couple of hundred bucks to spend. Eh, what does it matter? It doesn't matter that much. Jen Lambert says only thing I that I hit last night was Wade Miles. Okay. I mean, what, what happened? I mean, did people score that many runs? The, I mean, even the Cubs, the Cubs scored eight runs in the first inning and then pretty much did nothing the rest of the game. All right. The Rangers also like six, six runs in the first two innings and then then eh, nothing. Right. I'm looking at my lineups like that. I'm going, come on. I got, I got plenty of innings left. And then just nothing. Patrick wisdom is stuck in my lineup with zero points. Right. I'm looking at that. like, come on. Right, VR got replaced in that stack. It was it was just like I got I got everything kind of right, and then the, the, the Yankees put up a bunch of points. Kickstart says that's what I thought people would do, but I, I don't know if the ownership represented that swap. Wasn't the main contest? Then who did Casale's ownership end up? He was six percent in the mini match. Six percent in the mini match—that's pretty hefty. He, I mean, on draft on on Fanduel, he was one percent owned. So that that's all I know. So like. If we go by Casali was seven percent in the, the relay throw in the in the fifteen dollar one, so six percent seems seems normal, right? If you had Bart in there, right? Bart was thirty six hundred, so you could easily just like okay, just global replace all the Bart liners with Casali lines and leave thirteen hundred. There's no there's no harm in doing that. You don't have to rework everything. Well, now that I have an extra thirteen hundred, what do I do? 
If anything, you upgrade. If you have a one-off in that lineup, okay, that's doable, or a pitcher. But you don't even have to do that. Remember, baseball, the salaries are not necessarily indicative to the, the production. Most batters will get about the same amount of opportunities. And the, the variance, the range of outcomes is very wide. It's not like NBA. NBA, typically, you're spending most of yourself because salary equals minutes, equals productions, equals, you know, better players, right? On any given slate, you know, Mike Trout could go over four and some Kurt Casale could hit two home runs. That could happen on a slate. The price doesn't matter that much. Yeah, of course, Trout's going to hit, hit, get more points more often, right? But on any given slate, it's uh, that leaving money on the table is not going to matter as much. JWH says, I tend to prefer to play the catcher in the middle infielder in my five main primary stacks. I'm very similar to you. Yes, I prefer. It doesn't mean always, but yes. The weaker hitters, the scarcer positions, the opportunity cost is lower. So I don't mind just like, okay, just throw it. Doesn't matter the batting order, just throw them in. Trevino into your Yankee stack, right? He had a home run yesterday. Probably his only home run of the year. Uh, so anything else in the YouTube chat? You can feel free to type away. People are talking amongst themselves, right? Stephen Brickman says, I set player growth for each team's seven, eight, nine hitter to only pollute a max of one per lineup. Okay. But there are, there are plus EV lineups that have, you know, bottom of the order stacks. There are, you don't have to do that. But yes, mo most lineups, most lineups with higher projections are not going to necessarily have, you know, three lower order hitters at seven, eight, nine. Anyway, right? I, I bet I bet if you don't even make that group, you're not going to get much of that, if any, anyway, depending on how low in ownership you're going to go. Like if we even run, like if I take today's slate, like if I ran, if I just bl blindly ran lineups, if I, let's say, let's say just blindly, let's say I just blindly ran, you ran five, three, but three, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. And I just set the, the max at 5%. Right. Or maybe, okay, because there's 10 teams. So let's 7%, or maybe six. I could get a bunch of teams, right? A bunch of teams, just six, six, right? It's very, it's very rare projection wise that you're going to necessarily get like seven, eight, nine in, 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 unless for some odd reason, maybe the Giants today, because they may be underpriced. But I mean, we'll run, I'll, I'll run 100 lineups and see what happens. But it's rare that you ever have to really make that group. For all the teams, especially. I can understand making it for the teams where the bottom of the order actually does, from a point-per-dollar standpoint, project. If you didn't want that. But it doesn't mean you have, I mean, like, these are things that are not, are not priorities. They won't affect your lineups as much as you think. Now, if you have a choice between, okay, I'm playing five lineups and I have a choice between 500 lineups to choose from, you know, like I'm, I'm going to exclude the ones that have the seven, eight, nine hitters in, more than one of them. That's perfectly fine to do. But there are plus EV lineups that have seven, that, that are stacks with seven, eight, nine. So let's see what happens in a in hundred lineups, right? Oh, getting all the Brandon Belt, of course. Right, we're basically getting all the, all the Giants, right? Brandon Belt's in everything, right? Didn't limit anything. So basically we're getting, we're getting, we're getting all the giants essentially. Right. So seven, five, six, seven, four, five, six, seven. 
some one. I don't know what. what oh, did I not put in a number in here? Do I? Do I always do that? Yeah, I always screw that up. Yeah, let me let me put the let me. I go. I check it, but I don't put a hundred percent. So let let let's put a let's run it again. Five for one. I'm gonna doubt. Other than maybe the Giants, I'm not even by having three unique players and just run through just whatever. Try to give me a mix of all the teams for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. Then the top hundred, I may I, I don't think I'll find any. I'm gonna posit that I don't find any that has more than one batter from seven, eight, nine. The only I would say is maybe the Giants, only because they're they're mispriced on DraftKings. Kickstart says I like correlating nine hole batters like Ortega yesterday with the leadoff. That's fine. The main thing to realize is that you're you're concerning yourself so much about the micro, when the macro matters so much more. Correlation between all the batters on a team are positive, right? It's worth more to play five batters from the same team than it is to have five different warm-ups. Where they are in the batting order is a micro thing. Yes, the first and second batter are slightly more correlated to each other. The second and third batter are slight because they're closer together. But the difference between two batters from two different games and two different teams have no correlation. Batters, the second batter and the seventh batter in the order have an immense amount of correlation, regardless if there, there's, there's four spots in the order between them. So it's more important if you had to choose to just get five batters, no matter where they are in the batting order, four batters, three batters, whatever it is for your stack, then care that much about where they are in the order. But yes, all things being equal, you have a bunch of lineups to choose from. And you're like, well, I could play this one or this one. They're about the same. And one, the the gaps are big between it. And yeah, choose the one with the, with the, the closer together. You're slightly more correlated. That's about it. But maybe the eighth hitter has a good projection, right? You have the, you know, some power hitter. You know, Joey Gallo is batting eight for the Yankees. Maybe you want him instead of you know, the, I, I, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa batting behind uh, in front of him because he's closer to the other batters. Well, IKF is probably not going to hit two home runs a year. Gallo, yeah, he'll strike out a ton, but maybe he could give you 40 points in a game. Uh, Joe Adamo says on FanDuel, I usually just do 100% 4-3 and exclude the 8-9 hitters. Yeah, I don't exclude anyone. I... Am I going to get an, a lot of the eight, nine hitters anyway? Probably not. They're worse. They're, they're worse batters. They wouldn't be batting eighth or ninth otherwise. They have a lower plate appearance expectation, so their projection is going to be lower. So it's more likely I'm not going to get them much anyway, rather or not if I exclude them or not. Yeah, but then you have Kirk Caselli batting ninth, hitting two home runs. I mean, that, you, you miss those types of things. JWH says, my intention to play batters at the top of the lineup has traditionally been because the bat's upside, more likely to get more at-bats. Is this reasonable? Yeah, but that's factored in the projection already. And typically, the batters higher in the order of better batters. I mean, it's just, just, just common sense, right? Right? I mean, like a, a team, oh, Mike Trout ain't batting eighth, right? He's batting towards the top of the order because he's a better hitter, right? Better hitters bet higher in the order. The most likely you're going to be using them anyway. All right, so we take a look here. Here's a seer here. I told you. Here's seven, nine, right? Here's two batters. 
But the projection is this is one of the top projection five threes. Caprellian sees five five three Yankees Giants. And it has Estrada and Bart in it. Crawford, right? Because only because the Giants are underpriced. I, that's why I said out of out of all of these, I'm expecting to see two the two bottom order hitters, maybe in the Giants, because they're underpriced. Right, here we go. Okay, here's the seven. Right, here's an eight. Right, we don't get two of them though. We got six, eight. I mean, if we just go through here, here's a Bart Estrada. I'm assuming because catcher and second base are fairly weak today. Right, we go through some here. Right, the Yankees lineup. Right, nope, we're not getting any here. Right, you're not. You're not. You're probably not going to see much. Right, is Listella. Right, from the same team. I mean, I'm not counting Higashioka and Listella. I'm talking about seven, eight, nine from the same team. So other than the Giants, oh, here's Higashioka and Hicks. Because Hicks is twenty eight hundred. There you go. Here's the Yankees. Yeah, I guess the Yankees are a little, a little bit underpriced, right? Gallo's only thirty two hundred. But of course, these guys. I mean, the Yankees are. They either hit home runs or they strike out. So you're really not going to see much, right? Here's here's the Dodgers. Oh, Taylor Lux. Okay, well, they're it's the Dodgers. Right, you're not. You're probably not going to see bad teams bottom of the order. Oh, you got Harrison and Engel here for the White Sox. Right, because pitching isn't that expensive today on on, on DraftKings, right? I mean, other than Cease, I guess. Logan Gilbert is like 10K on FanDuel. I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, if you if you wanted to exclude seven, eight, nines from showing up to get, you can. I don't consider it a priority. It's not something that I I do. But if you want to eliminate some lineups that you'd rather play other lineups instead, because there's thousands of lineups you can't play in MLB DFS, perfectly fine. Because you could always go, like, I'm going to build 100 lineups and then go through and eliminate the ones that have them. Right? You could just say, I'm not going to play this lineup and just exit out. Especially if you're overrunning lineup. If you're, you know, you're building 300 lineups and choosing 20 from them. Are you going to get rid of 280 lineups anyway? So you might have a, might as well have some criteria in how you do it. Uh, let's see. DJ Dog 3K, I was playing Tears last night. Vlad Guerrero was 40% and Bichette was 9%. Seems like people playing Tears aren't correlating. Seems like it could be an edge. I don't know, small sample size. Yeah, if you're playing GPPs on Tears, you're playing Tears in anything. You should be quite, you should be correlating. I mean, even in NFL tiers, right? If you're playing Devontae Adams, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, stacking things up in some regard. Playing a run back from the other side of the game. Same thing applies in baseball. Now, if you're playing cash games, if you're playing double ups, then who cares then, really about the correlation? Joe Adamo says, Blender, it's amazing how each sport has a different strategy. Well, each each sport still maintains the three levers, right? Each sport, projection, correlation, and leverage. That exists for all sports. The importance of each lever is all dependent on sport, right? Dependent on format, dependent on contest, right? That's what you're, that's what you're changing based on. So yeah, baseball is a much more, is a very correlative sport. That correlation lever matters a lot more. Basketball, it doesn't. You start pushing up that correlation lever, it doesn't really give you that much. Right? It gives you something, but it doesn't give you that much. Leverage, 
there's more leverage available in, in baseball than there is in basketball, right? Because you could, oh, some guy, some pitcher's going to be high owned. Well, I could use leverage to play batters against them and vice versa. Play the pitcher against the high owned stack. That doesn't give you as much relative value as, as the other way, but leverage exists. Basketball, leverage exists to an extent of like, oh, well, this, this may be like, oh, Steph Curry is, is, is high owned. I'm going to play Clay Thompson instead. Right, because if Curry Curry's not shooting the ball, Clay Thompson shoots the ball. Like it exists in NBA, but not that much. NBA is a much more projection focused sport. There's not that much correlation and leverage. Lever it, it doesn't have as much oomph. Baseball has a lot of oomph. Baseball, the projection lever is actually probably the least important lever. Right, I, I say I say on this show all the time. It's like, dude, a home run is 14 points. Solo home run is 14 points. Okay, that's a solo home run. Now imagine you have three batters that are batting next to each other. And one hits a single, the other next one hits a single, right? So that's three points, that's three points, and the next batter hits a home run, right? So that bat, that batter got 18, and the other two got five because they get the run on DraftKings. So 18 plus five plus five is 28 points. So the course of three batters, it's the equivalent of two solo home runs. So 28-point difference in projection is not... Yes, it's lower, but it's not like, oh, I can't play that lineup. Like in, in basketball, you're probably not playing lineups that are projected 28 points lower than that. Because to make up that 28 points takes a lot more events. In baseball, one inning, right? One swing of the bat. So, you know, how high the projection is is not as much of a concern to me. As long as it's not ridiculously low. Like we see here, out of all these, I just, I just, you know, just, Mash buttons. Well, give me a bunch of everything type of thing in this 100 build. So like top own lineup is 168 at 113 at 168. What's the lowest out of this set? 79 points at 48% auction. The difference between the top and bottom lineup out of this just run whatever. It's a Pirates-Braves lineup with, uh, yeah... And then we have a Rockies Brewers lineup down here, like 80, 79. So that's about 80 points. Right. So it's like a 33 point difference. Those lineups on the bottom over there aren't, aren't that bad. Right. I mean, they, they, they could be better. Maybe you could find lineups that project for five more points and still have the same ownership. So you don't bother playing those lineups, but those Oh, 33 points below the optimal, below the top five, three. That's, that could be one innings, right? But you have to get the ownership with it. You wouldn't be playing those lineups at the same ownership as the top lineup. That's the key point. That is the key concept. You could, you could drop as much rejection as you want as long as you're getting requisite ownership to go along with it. The discount on the ownership it has to be lower in proportion to that. Now you're going to get to a certain point, depending on the size of the contest that you're playing, where the projection is so low that it doesn't matter what the ownership is anymore. You're playing a 30-man contest or something like that. Who, who cares if you're playing a 0.5% owned stack and 0.5% owned pitchers, and like you're the only one with all of those players in your lineup. The projection is 40 points lower. And for a lineup that's 40 points lower than the top one, 
That's enough requisite ownership. But how much do you get paid for a 30-man contest? Well, your projection is too low for the size of the contest. Now, you tell me the size of the contest is 500,000 entries, and it's top a million to first and 10,000 to second place or something, right? Some ridiculously top-heavy. Then why not play that league? Then you can play a lineup that's 45 points lower projected in baseball. Because when you win, you win a, you win way higher proportion. You're not winning in a 30-man contest. Maybe what? The winner is 10xing their money, 15xing their money, maybe, as opposed to a $10 entry winning a million dollars. Right? You're a hundred thousand xing your money. Right. So if that happens one every hundred thousand times, you're fine. Right. But a 30-man contest, a very small field contest, you, you wouldn't be playing lineups that way. But when you're playing large field contests, I mean, the amount of lineups that are viable go up dram- dramatically. As long as you're getting an ownership discount for every, all the projection that's coming coming down with it. That's the key for any sport. So people ask me for, an, what's the exact number? There is no exact number. Every slate is different. Every slate is different pitching uh, uh, position requirements. and everything. I mean, every, there's so many other variables that, that affect that. You could run lineups and, and estimate and go, okay, what these lineups are a little too chalky. Let me get to a lineup that isn't chalky. You know, I'm like, okay, maybe this range is fine. And you go, okay, I'm looking for this range of type of lineup. Right. But there's no, may not, may not be an exact number that you can apply for every slate. But the concept still applies that as the projection goes down, your ownership should be going down with it. You shouldn't be playing lineups. Oh, this lineup projects five points lower than this lineup, but is owned more. Like, why would you be playing that lineup? Why are you playing a lineup that projects lower and is owned higher, right? It should constantly be going down. Oh, let's see. Kickstart asks if I'm playing baseball showdowns. No, I, I rarely, I rarely play MLB showdowns. I, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much. I'm, I'm the type of person that that I, I, I like doing few things well rather than a lot of things mediocre. Can I play MLB Showdown? Of course. Can I play NBA Playoff Showdown or whatever? Yes, I can. But I, I like being focused. Okay, I'm playing MLB today, right? Right. It, soccer in the afternoon or something, right? Like different time periods. But I don't want to be building lineups on multiple sports, multiple formats at the same time. Because even sites, I don't play on both sites at the same time. Like tonight, I'll probably play on FanDuel. Because DraftKings is not, they're, they're their large field contests, like $15 contest with a with a payout st- structure that's not great. FanDuel's is worse, but at least it's cheaper. So I'd rather play like 60, 70 lineups there than on than on DraftKings. But when DraftKings it, it's vice versa, I go back and forth. The, on larger slates, I tend to play on FanDuel more than DraftKings. But on a smaller slate, I tend to play on DraftKings more than FanDuel. Right? If it was a four or five game slate, I'd probably I'd probably play DraftKings, but I'd play the higher stake stuff. So if this was a five-game slate today, tonight, I would I would play the 121. I would play like three entries into the $88 contest. I'd do stuff like that. But when I want to play like large, when there's a lot more option on the slate, I typically like, I like playing a whole bunch of stuff. I like, what's the chalk? Don't play much of that. And then make all, as many combinations of everything else that I can. And hopefully if the chalk fails, I got something going. That requires a lot more lineups, so I rather I'd, I'd rather play, I'd rather pay less for it. 
Uh, let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat before we get the hell out of here? Uh, do you see Messi is going to Inter Miami? We're not sure that I, I, I saw the tweets about it. Uh, I don't know if that's confirmed yet. He's going to get like I, supposedly he's getting a thirty-five percent stake in the in the in the club, and he's going to go there. I mean, he's old now. I mean, but he's going to be what thirty-six or so, thirty-seven. Yeah, it'd be like kind kind of like when Pele went to the Cosmos. What does it matter? I don't even I I don't even I don't even follow MLS, right? I watch soccer, just not MLS. But I watch USL, totally. Second division, yeah. My team, Louisville City, yes. MLS, I don't care. I'll watch the Premier League. I'll watch the Bundesliga. I'll watch the European leagues, the international stuff. MLS sucks. I, 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 don't, I don't support it, so I don't care. Let Messi go to Inter-Miami. I don't care. <sighs> Let's see. DJ Dog says uh, the five dollar milli for best ball. There's gonna be massive overlay. Yeah, good luck with that. I think the best ball uh, interface for DraftKings sucks, and uh, I you, there's no there's no options for like power user type stuff. So good good luck drafting 150 teams one at a time, uh, uh, manually at five dollars a piece. So they'll they'll probably give it a week before they're gonna give a ton of tickets out. Right? They'll they'll be half full a week to go in, in NFL season, and then they'll give out like free tickets to everyone. But don't worry. It's, it's probably not going to overlay. Probably don't have to worry about that. And they'll, they'll give away free tickets to people in Ontario. Maybe. Like, can it, can the Ontario people still play best ball? I think you should. Should you be okay playing best ball in DraftKings? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. But I do, I do know what's going on later today. Later today, 2 o'clock Eastern on the Scores and Odds channel is Grant with live locks. And later today, 5 o'clock. Five o'clock on this channel, right? On this YouTube channel. You don't have to go anywhere. Grinders Live, Dean and the guys, they'll take care of you for uh, the, for tonight's MLB slate. Break it all down for you. 10 games on DraftKings, eight games on FanDuel. Then right after that is uh, Roth uh, with all the weather stuff. There's not much weather going on. I, I looked at the initial report. I don't think we have to worry that much about weather. But uh, presented by FanDuel is uh, Crunch Time, which is free all season to you. All season to you. And, uh, and they'll take care of you. So hit that notification bell to know when we go live on the channel. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit that like button. Hit the dummy thumbs on your way out the door. And all the stuff that I talk about, like projection, correlation, leverage, that's the fundamental stuff. I mean, that's literally the chapters of the, the course, right? Leverage, correlation, construction. Player selection is technically projection. Right, expected value. You need to you need to know that concept. So all the concepts on basically how to think like a professional DFS player. How do you how do you beat this game by playing it as a game? Fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. Go pick it up. Theoryofdfs.com. And uh, let's let's pour let's 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 raise our raise our ginger ales for for all the all the Ontario DFS players. Uh, for you know, uh, thank, thanks, thanks for the fun times. Thanks for the for the bad players. Thanks for the money. Thanks, thanks for paying the rake. Thanks for paying the rake. They'll, they'll probably come back. Probably a year or two. You know, whatever regulation or whatever, it'll all encapsulate DFS and sports betting, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine at that point, and you'll be fine with me, right? Tomorrow, I'll be back. No, tomorrow, tomorrow, and and Thursday is that we're we're preempted by Grinders Grinders Live, right? For the early slates. 
I'll be on, right? But it won't be it won't be the pregame show. It'll be me and Dean uh, talking about the early slate, talking about cereal, maybe maybe movies. Who knows? Who knows? Typically, when they, they, they when there's not much to talk about, and three games late, four games late. A lot of times, it's like, what can we, how can we fill an hour and fifteen minutes? And who knows what it, what it degenerates into? But I'll but I'll be I'll be back tomorrow, right? And Fridays are going to be primarily MMA from this point forward. Okay, so if you want. Like yeah, we'll we'll talk about whatever you want, but it'll be a lot of, a lot of times focused on MMA. Uh, we we don't have uh, Roto Grinds doesn't really have any free MMA content, so that kind of serve as kind of like the free MMA content. We have stuff behind the paywall. If you're a premium member, always get that. Click on the link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. And uh, and yeah, so since since I I do a lot of MMA stuff now, why why not share it with you, as I'll always do, right in the morning here at eleven o'clock. On the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.